When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the National Hockey Podcast. John Zella, James Nichols. We're here on Valentine's Day. And I have to admit, for some reason, I was very grumpy today. Especially towards, uh-huh. the, end of the, especially towards the end of the day. And for no particular reason. And a nice dinner saved me. Because I was going to get, I was going to let all the grumpiness out on the Islanders. We have a lot of reason to, to be grumpy about the Islanders. And I was like, you know what we're going to record? I'm just going to get it off my chest. I'm much calmer now. Okay. So I, I'm not. I, eat? Um, I made shakshuka. I don't know if you, it's like a Mediterranean. Um, have I'm you had that you. before? What? Yes. Thank you. It's uh, like peppers and onions and tomatoes, and you kind of like stew it together with cumin and paprika and stuff. Okay. Um, and then you crack eggs on top and then put it in the oven. And they kind of like poach in the in the mixture. Very um, interesting. And then you just have like a, I made some bread, and I you just dip it right in, and there's like the runny kind of fried egg style thing, and it's. Uh, I don't know. We haven't had it in a while. It's a nice like Valentine's Day sharing kind of deal. And um, so I feel better is to say uh, a nice, nice any kind of tomato dish. I'll, I'll feel better. So uh, the the energy I had originally thought that I was going to have during this episode, maybe it, it may be subdued some. Um, we're going to go over, you know, we've had a little uh, an extended all star break. And by all accounts, so have the Islanders. Uh it's, it seems like they just have not fully returned with any general consistency. Um, the the Patrick Wah effect comes and back and forth. You you, you start you start to see this team uh, changing, and we, and we talked about that in our last episode before the All Star break, um, and then it just disappears. It's it, it's really a, a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. Um, I and I you know I think I want to start there with the with the wah effect. Are they a better team overall? Are are you seeing that they're a better team overall or just not as bad as they were under Lambert? And then the second question is are you starting to see that it maybe wasn't all Lambert's fault? Like it he definitely didn't help, but well that it's it's not it wasn't as much of his fault as we thought. Maybe it's a better question. I'm I'm starting to. <laughs> I knew this question was coming. Um, I I don't. I don't sit here and say to myself, you know, this team is not better. I I certainly think they are. 
I just also know that they they built a habit for a year and a half under Lambert that they are struggling to get rid of. You know, it, it's like what's wobbing around for has it even been a month yet? So it's like 25 days and it's something like that. Is it the 10 thing, games? It might not even be 10 games yet. No, I don't even think it's that many, that many. The thing for me is that they have obviously flaws in, in their system um, because it's not completely Patrick was yet. They have to shake off the Lambert. I look, I think a lot of this has to do with Lambert. Is it a hundred percent Lambert? Probably not. I, I don't think it ever was, but I still firmly believe that the coaching change was, was necessary. I, I do think that Wa is making them a better team because like even in their losses, I think they just look better. It might be frustrating, but I, I do. I think they, they look better. So I, I um, agree with that. What was the um, what were the habits? I think, or you mentioned habits. What are the habits that you're just you know, like not able to step on the gas when necessary? Um, some lazy turnovers, you know, things like that, where you know it didn't. It, Lambert didn't really push the button and and get them going. I haven't seen. I haven't really seen Patrick Wass send a message yet. He's super talkative on the bench, right? Did Engvall not sit at some point? Does uh, that count? I don't know. Well, it definitely counts if he sat, but I thought it was because of injury. I could be mistaken. Oh, that that might be right. But I think, I think yeah, I think that there was there may have been a um, some wires crossed. I, somebody had posted about it and then we later learned it was injury related so it was not that anyone did anything wrong but it was just a matter of you know they didn't see them somewhere and then lineups were announced or something and it just didn't not everything lined up correctly yeah um so what i think what i think we have here is you know they're still learning a new system right this the, the new coach just came in uh was new assistant coach just came in a couple days ago right that was that whole thing where it was like is he with the team? Is he not with the team? And and, and oh, that was now we know. Very funny. Very yes. funny. Now we know that he is. Then there, there was footage of, you know, what it was like at the practice, them being very intricate on this new defensive structure that they're going to be working with and how it's consistent puck pressure, complete in-your-face hockey, um, something completely new than what they were doing before. It was just offense, push the puck up the ice, push, 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 go, go, go. Oh, we lost the puck and we don't know how to play defense. Like, it's it's not like that. Um I think that there's just been a lot of moving parts. I don't think that anybody should be sitting here and saying the coaching change isn't working. This team is bad. I think that they're just a team that, you know, remains flawed, right? They need another scorer, probably Um, another top six forward. Let's say Um, maybe a defenseman, maybe they need a defenseman, although they're getting, they're, they're pretty much healthy now, right? I think Portuzo's coming back. Um, I don't think anybody else is injured at this point, uh, if I'm not he's, mistaken. He's the one I think they're waiting on, and then that's a question of you know who's coming out of the lineup. And I, yeah. well, I think we'll, I want to get to some lineup questions and um, some different things, you know, especially buying or selling. I definitely want to get to that. Yeah. So in a little bit, all this is just a long-winded way of saying I, I think that they're just still learning. 
again, in their losses, I still think they look better. I think some of their losses has, have even looked better than some of their wins under Lambert. They're just, they're, they're in a, a transitioning hockey team. They're going from, you know, one system to the next. And like, look, no doubt in my mind, and I texted this to you a couple of days ago, like the things that Patrick Waugh has implemented, you're already seeing that drawing out the superstar and Matthew Barzell. Like, Maybe a little bit has to, of that has to do with the the All Star Game bump. He went to the All Star Game and was surrounded by all that talent, and um, you know, was really actually up there in the skills competition. He almost won, you know. So maybe a little bit of it has to do with that. Like, hey, look, I'm I'm right there with those guys. But you know, Patrick Wall also bumped him five minutes a game. Here's five extra minutes. Go out there and do your thing. Oh, and go do it with Bo Horvat, by the way. So I I think that. They're just a team that is figuring out a new way to play. Is it in their losses? They look better than they used to, even in some of their wins. That I definitely agree with. Um, in in some cases, I don't think it's every game. I think a great example of that not being the case is against Seattle. But I, I want to talk about that more specifically in a little bit. I, I think what's interesting is yes, I, I think the in your face a little bit more energy approach to just their game in general specifically in the defensive zone is spot on i i agree i definitely agree it's but i think is really funny though is it's not so much right there's only so much that he can do in a short period of time they're in the middle of the season you can't implement anything brand new you know a lot of new, brand new things i think the the funny part is he's pretty much coming in and saying hey be better idiots. Like, I don't, I don't think he's sitting there and saying like, again, the breakouts and you, you, that's one of those things I'm paying attention to because they said they were, they were focusing on that in practices. I'm noticing that more in games that the puck is getting out of the zone much, much quicker than it was the turnovers. Maybe notwithstanding. Um, but some of those are like, you know, Dobson was out for three minutes and just is, was gift wrapping the puck to seattle last night and just kind of like random other things but overall i'm seeing a much cleaner breakout and that's not really the most exciting thing but it is when the puck is moving very quickly at that point through the neutral zone um and you're not even thinking about the puck in your own zone anymore and so it's easy to kind of overlook that but maybe it's the you know having coached before and focused on that and then just essentially just getting the puck to the neutral zone and then pushing forward it you you kind of don't want to notice it, um, but I as I said, I, it was something that they were focusing on um, in practices when when Wa first got there, and he had mentioned that. Um, and I'll I'll say this, and I, I love your your opinion on it. So, um, friend of the show, though we haven't had him on, and God, it feels like a, a few years at this point. Jeff Capolini, um, he tweeted something yesterday that I thought, I thought was interesting. He said the Owls may be the nicest group of guys you've ever met but they lack the FU they once had on the ice. It's very odd because a bulk of the roster are the same players that reeked of resilience in sandpaper for years. I think the only thing I want to add to that um, or rebut slightly before I, I get your take on it is the roster actually has changed considerably. I know it's easy to think that because there's a core that's kind of been there for so long. Um, really the fourth line is the, 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 the longest kind of piece there, um, that that's been around, 
but it does feel like it's been the same team forever, but there has been an incredible amount of turnover, not just around the edges. But I do want to get your 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 take on that. Is that something that we're hoping Wob kind of brings back into the fold? Is that necessary for them to to be really good in the playoffs again if that's if they make it? Um yeah, just your your general kind of take on that. Well, they're definitely going to need sandpaper in the playoffs. I mean, it's the playoffs. That's what every team needs, quite frankly. I don't know if you can name, you know, a team over the past 10 years or ever, really, that hasn't won uh, without a little bit of it, right? There's name one purely skilled team that didn't also, you know, just grind you down. Yeah, but do they do they have it? They have that ability? They Listen. So long as Martin Zizekas and Clutterbuck are on the roster, I, I, I'd i be interested to see if they can turn it on in the playoffs. They are not doing that now, right? It, it's or as effectively should I should say. I mean, I don't I don't think at all. I, I'm not seeing them have the same type of energy and tenacity. I, right. I think they're occasionally Clutterbuck is is collecting the puck and. And really, you know, on the four shack, it's it doesn't feel the same though. What right. you see some success, it just doesn't feel the same. Now, if they're not going to be that way, who is going to be that way? You can look at Peugeot, you can look at Fashing, you can look at, you know, uh, Paul Mary plays with a little bit of that in his game and and adds the scoring. Brock Nelson definitely plays with that in his game, adds the scoring. Um, Oliver Wallstrom. Still don't know what the fuck he is. <laughs> you know, he's he's just, is he going to adapt? Is he going to, you know, turn into a bottom six grinder? Or is he going to just forever be this black abyss that we don't know what the hell he is because he just can't figure it out? I'll give Wa credit here. He's at least keeping him in the lineup to see yes. what he is. I, I, I think that's the, if there's a silver lining in in, in the kind of the, all right, once and for all, we're going to see what you are. You have to give him consistency. He's really not had that in his career. Between injuries yeah. or this or whatever, throw him in there and see what you got, kid. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. It's quick aside, sorry. I just I didn't realize that they don't play again until the stadium series game. That is yeah, this is a, they, a weird one-game week. They've played a between one and three more games than some of the teams around them. So this is a really uh, white knuckle week, I think, for Islanders and their fans because they've already have some distance uh, between them and the wild card. You have teams around you then playing and catching up in those some of those games. So you're really hoping teams like the Devils, who um, I think won last night, um, don't win maybe the the uh, the rest of their games this week, or Toronto also won the other night, or. Um, Detroit managed to to get a point or two this week already, so it's not a great week for the Islanders having lost that Seattle game. They really didn't put any pressure on the teams around them. So the last week of games are the games in between the All Star break, um, and now I think there's only really been four or five of them. Um, like I said earlier, real Jekyll and Hyde situation. Um, I want to I want to kind of split this up. In, in the the last four games, um, in into two chunks. There was the Leafs game and the Tampa game. Then there was Calgary and Seattle. 
how are these teams are playing, how this team is playing so differently. They come out. Yeah. I thought that was a really solid, just actually entertaining overall. Mm-hmm. Both teams were good against the Leafs. Then they managed to actually take that emotion and carry it over to another game. And they stomp Tampa yeah. into the ground. And again, both of those teams, you love to see them win against them. It's it's perfect. What did you see overall? Maybe not so many specifics from either one of those games. Um, what did you see in those two games that gave you a little bit of like positive energy around, around the team? Obviously, they won, so that that helps. But um, what were the things in those games that you that give you a little bit of hope? And maybe it's a better question. Well, I saw a team that you know matched the pace. They were playing super fast, super decisive, um, and really dominated the puck in in all three zones. Um, you know, I'll probably credit Patrick Waugh with that. You know, he really pushed the pace and and made sure to you know get them on their horse and have them prepared to play a game uh, against two formidable opponents who are in playoff position and have had success. You know. Well, the Lightning have had success for years. Um, and the highly skilled regular season Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, that's what I saw in those two games. Just consistent puck pressure, always making sure to be on the puck, whether it's on their stick or not. Really in your face game, which is interesting given the fact that we just talked about how, you know, the, the, fourth line is a shell of itself and they're not really doing what they used to, but it's not so much in physicality as much as it is in, you know, stick on uh, sticks on pucks and, and, and forcing turnovers um, instead of, you know, throwing the body and, and really grinding down the opponent. Um, it was just a lot of, you know, getting separating, you know, the puck from, from the opponent's stick and, and, you know, curating that defense into offense and, and pushing it the other way. Now, if we want to talk about the next two games, well, I'll, I'll just I'll, I want to add a little bit to that. I think that's everything that we that we've seen uh, from this team since Wall's taken over that's been positive. They were able to do it for two games in a row, so there was a second, there was a glimpse of consistency there. I, again, I thought that ta- the the Leafs game was great. Um, I obviously everyone loved the end when they're um, they're quite literally uh, you know really giving it to Tavares there and, and pounding him him in, into the uh into the ice at the end of the game um some of that grit some of that tenacity they seem to get up for that game against the Leafs who they won three times this year uh, against they're getting up emotionally for that they need to find it seems they'll get up for Tampa Bay right they'll get up for the Leafs they're, they they need to find that gear emotionally every game or at least with some consistency they need to go out there to jeff's point with a little bit of attitude a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and and leave it on the ice you're you're really not i think i think if you asked why that question is it a matter of just this team not playing and leaving it all out on the ice every single game they're not playing with that emotion not playing with that desperation, frankly. Something I said a month ago. They're in a second going to be on the outside looking in. This is a team that was second in the Metro. Uh, by the, I don't even know. I, the 
if you believe in it, the grace of God, something put them in that position. Two months ago, before Christmas, certainly. And it was, and that was under Lambert. And it was a team you were just like, I don't, how are they doing this? They are just like picking up points and, and, and teams are just giving it to them. And now they're, you know, I think a segue into the second two games. Then you're seeing the real negative side to this team against Calgary and Seattle. So I'll hand it back to you and the things that you saw in those games that, again, the opposite and really the failings of, of the players. Yeah. So again, in a game against Calgary, I saw a team that outmatched Downers a little bit physically, um, which is really strange. You know, now that I'm saying it out loud, like we're not used to that kind of thing. But I think that's Jeff's point, right? It's like a team, a team, whether it's the the actual roster players or not, we were used to them being the the bully on the yeah, ice. and and. You know, I think too that the Flames have a little bit of a of a boost here in the sense that they got some clarity and some guys that were traded away in Elias Lindholm, and they got back, um, you know, this player in Andre Kuzmenko who wasn't working out in uh, Vancouver, but you know, really just needed maybe a fresh start, and you know, right away started working out well for for the Flames, and they play a heavy game. You know, they they play a heavy game, and and perhaps the system that you know. Wah has put in place uh, for the Islanders to utilize now uh, is maybe a bit of a mismatch for, you know, the style of game that the devil, uh, the devils, the, the flames play the style of game that the, um, the, the Kraken play just because again, this is really their first test of each, uh, each, each team they face for the first time. It's, it's a, it's a test on their, their new system. So, you know, they're not really figuring out um, on the fly how to adjust quite yet. Um, but I, I really think more or less that's just what we saw is just two teams who play a heavier game um, that kind of just overpowered the Islanders there. I mean, look, the, the the game against the Kraken was better than the one against the Flames, right? The Flames kind of just toyed with the Islanders there. Um, you know, but the Islanders forced an overtime in a shootout with the with the Kraken. Um, and that was, I think, I think it's a good place to say, Lee, who has been awful under Wa, you know he he had a moment where uh, he, he scored a bunch of goals under Lambert, uh, and then went kind of quiet. His quote: "We did a really good job of making sure we stuck it out. We stuck in this game and got ourselves a point tonight." Is not what the captain should be saying. Yeah, I thought that that just uh, some recency bias uh, on the just because that was the game last night. That was a terrible hockey game. That was not enjoyable to watch. I bet even though the Kraken won, Kraken fans would say that was a terrible game. Both teams, as opposed to the Leafs game, where both teams played well, and the loser walked out of there going, that was a hard-fought game. A couple mistakes, this and that. How mad can you be? Good game. Whatever. Um, Something that I think other fans were dying for for a long time. That Seattle game, you you didn't like no team won. Like Seattle didn't win that game. The Islanders let them have it. You know, like the Islanders clearly lost. And that I think you would have said that if either about either team. And you just yeah. that entire game was just so painful to watch. It was just one mistake after another, specifically by the Islanders. 
making Sorokin stand on his head, who who's looked much better as of late, thank God. Um, in I don't want to say booing because they're I don't think that they're doing much better. They're three three and two under Wa, so it's not exactly like I guess they have points more than they don't have points, but they're also losing more than they're winning um, by a considerable margin. Um, you know, almost almost two to one. So the points are just saving them some grief. Um, I thought that Seattle game was terrible, hard to watch on both ends of the ice. Not to mention they get stuck in their own zone. Then Dobson's coughing up the puck. Um, they can't score on a four minute power play uh, and a double minor after Pajot got a high stick. Um, just like a lot of power play chances, nothing to show for it other than the Palmieri goal. Was that the first one of the game? Was that in the power play? Yes, that was. So they were one for like four, um, and one including uh, a double minor. I, I I don't know how. You know, and and the and the reaction from Wa, frankly, at today's practice was bagskate at the end. They absolutely deserve that. Yeah. That looked like a, um, a little of the saltiness coming out. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm hungry again. I need, didn't eat enough, but <laughs> you know, it's 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 stuff that uh, that was really what was uh, getting at me. Was I just like I watched this game and I was excited. Um, I love a Tuesday game for some reason. I'm into my week. I like to make a meal, sit down, have a little bit of time. Um, I, I make it a, I've, I, I've gotten used to that. It's been a very, like a thing over the last number of years. And I look, I look forward to that in my week. And then we do the podcast the next day or we did it the day before or whatever. And just like, I feel like they ruined my day. <laughs> like they do anyway when they lose, but they just like ruined this ritual that I have with them. And, um, it's like hockey night in Canada, but just me on a Tuesday on the couch. And I just feel like, I was like, well, why imagine going to that game? Imagine spending money and going to that. I would have been so mad. That was a terrible game. Did what? What? What else did you get from the the last two games? Really, not too much. That that was really it. it was yeah, nothing to show. Who? Right, there was nothing to show, and it was a team who couldn't adjust and was overwhelmed by the the heavier game. And um, you know, the, again, that's not that's not me saying that. You know, Wa couldn't adjust. That was me saying that. You know, I think I think they're just still in the assessment phase. Like we're assessing what we are. I I know it's it's tough to say and hear that on February fourteenth, and the you know playoffs are around the corner. The trade deadline is less than a month away, but these things don't happen overnight. You know, and and you know if, if we were. Th- three or four months into Wa's tenure, I would say it's completely unacceptable. But I, I think that they're still trying to figure out, you know, exactly how to play the way Wa. And how do you say the new assistant coach's name? I heard someone say it. Benoit. I can't remember how to say it. I'm going to it's, try. It's not what it looks like. <laughs> I'll say that. So it's I don't know that that's gonna help. I'm I am trying to picture it in my head. I, I don't know that that's going to be very helpful. Is it Benoit de Rorier? Yes. It's it's or that's at least very close. Okay. So 
again, Good they have you. this. Thank you. I, you know, it's like I do this. Um, you could barely speak English, so I'm surprised you were. <laughs> kiss every once in a while. This New York accent goodbye in a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> so well, you'll be drinking the clean water finally, so it'll be <laughs> whatever that Staten Island garbage water. Yeah, um, garbage water. I don't. You'll have <laughs> you'll have the poison water from New Jersey instead. So I don't. That might be a lateral move. Yeah. I'm just screwed in any direction in this tri-state area. Um, that's probably mostly true. <laughs> suffice to say, <laughs> um, again, I think that you know the the was here with his new assistant, you know, more recently of like, it was like a trickle effect, like was started and then his, you know, assistant came in, that whole thing happened. Um, you know, some things it's still new, it's still new and they're figuring out, uh, this thing along the way. You've seen some really good things. I, I think the biggest takeaway from the, the sample size of games that they've had under Patrick Waugh and try this one more time. I got to read it. I clicked away from it. I don't even know where it went. Patrick Waugh's assistant is, although the results aren't popping off the page, I think the team that you're seeing in both the wins and losses is just better. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, New customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Will you take the puck line for Chicago over Pittsburgh at minus 125? Or maybe Calgary over the San Jose Sharks at minus 148? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 186 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. So I think the big question and and Something that I think we were starting to get through, you know, the coaches and thinking about the roster. And um, as you said, right at, right before our break, starting to see some progress. It's it's not really coming out on the score sheet or at the box score every single time. Um, but I think what what some of the questions are right now. From especially from my perspective, and you know, some articles floating around about it, but are is it do we still have faith? Is it you know, is it are we talking buy or sell time? Um, you know, two weeks ago, there was you know, when WAS started, there were 10 more games, eight, eight, 10 more games. 
And now we're a little further down the line. And it's kind of make or break. They don't, you know, they have Ishkakov. And I am curious if you think it's kind of time, if it's not Wallstrom time, uh, and they're just going to clear a contract and maybe just get some assets back for him or whomever you think they could get from the roster. Um, you know, because he's thinking about going back to to Europe and just. Yeah, I saw that. So, I, I mean, I don't want to focus on that in particular, but like, when is it time to start bringing up prospects and seeing what they can do on the roster and, and maybe selling some things? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how uncomfortable it is and how crazy it is to trade someone like a Brock Nelson or trade Andersley or Pajot or even Pellick. Um, you know, and Pellick and Pulak just returned and it's like finally great. And then you start thinking, all right, well, they're back and they're still like inconsistent as a team. Where ha, has your opinion changed on, you know, do they they're in it and add to it kind of thing? And this is a good team and they'll eventually come out of it or. Like. Um, like Lou did last season, um, although they made the playoffs. You know, you, you still they were not exactly in a great position, but you still buy and they add Horvat and they've done that in other years, too. Um, or they or they stood pat and then build towards the future. Where where do you stand on that? Um, I know that was a lot, but like, it, you know, buy or sell. Where where is the team right now? It's a good question. Um, I don't see them selling. Oh, I don't uh, see it. I, I that's I think that would be a, it would be a very short podcast if you went with like, well, what's Lou gonna do? <laughs> um, it's like, well, not this and not that. And Patrick Wild, great. See you yeah. later. Well, the fact of the matter is that like the answer hasn't changed only because um, they're in the same position that they were before Patrick Waugh. It has everything to do with the contracts and nothing to do with the guy behind the bench. The guy behind the bench is just going to hopefully make them better you know, with the parts that they have, but they absolutely aren't going to sell anything. Like, look, if they're going to trade Brock Nelson, it's not happening at the deadline. It's going to happen in the summer. I doubt that they do it, um, but that's when it happens. They're only three points out. Now, they don't have games in hand. That's the problem, right? But um, they only play one game this week. So between, you know, uh, until Sunday, um, just taking a look at the, like, the, the Penguins are playing right now. Um, Devils play again tomorrow. The Rangers play again tomorrow. Yeah, like I said earlier, everyone's catching up. So they have yeah. this space, and they shot themselves in the foot by losing the game to Seattle. Correct. So they're only three points out, man. Um I don't I don't see why they can't buy. Now, are they going to sell everything? Look, they have nothing to sell anyway. But I don't see why they wouldn't add or at least and in this case, it it makes sense. Stand pat because in the summer you reassess and say I didn't sell my assets because now I have something to work with the little bit that they do and maybe that is an Iskakov, who knows, but um you know, I think that at the very least, they stand pat. Um, if they do anything more, it's, you know, it's by. Unless someone comes in and knocks their socks off with something like, hey, we'll give you this grade A prospect and a high draft pick, which is the going rate for a scoring center. Uh, maybe a little more, you know, look at the, the Lindholm trade, right? They got Kizmenko in return. Um, you know, then, then you consider it, but I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like anyone's coming on, 
on to to lose doorstep and knocking his socks off with with a an extravagant deal. Now, if he does color me surprised, that'd be you know, I would, yeah, you have to do that. But I I don't see that happening, nor do I see them selling off parts just to to rebuild. There's no rebuild happening in in the Lou Lamarillo era. There is there's just not, uh, and not in the Patrick Wah era, era either. He didn't sign up for a rebuild. He signed up to win hockey games and. He said it from the get-go, playoff hockey from here on out. And despite, you know, the record, he's doing his damn best to make sure that they are playing that way. So um, I believe somehow, some way they will add. I, I I agree. No, no rebuilds in, in the Lamorello era. And, and I'll say this and just uh, really quickly there, the Islanders are on a 50, they're, 57 points through 53 games, according to Ethan Sears, is their exact same pace as last season. I don't know if that's supposed to make me feel good or bad. I don't think he had any intention either way. But um, that doesn't... It doesn't make me feel good. Made the playoffs. Yeah, but that sucked. Like, they got their asses kicked. Yeah. I don't. That's Different not coach. enough. Like, what's up? Different coach. Yes, I... And maybe it maybe it is different. Maybe maybe that is different. I I think in in the buy or sell conversation, I think about the Rangers a couple of years ago, how they were just like, we're not good enough, but we're gonna be. Whatever that letter was, and which was a kind of a weird move for a hockey team. I don't know if other sports, if I don't know if that had happened in any other major sports, but. Seeing that from a hockey team and then seeing where they are now. And they still have a, a lot of good players that I think were on the team at that point, And they build around them. And Lamarillo could have done that two years ago. And this team would have been radically different. Instead, he kind of like dripped and let things kind of fall here and there like Bailey or Bavillier or any number of things like it just took and doubling down on some players like that Angval contract looks awful now that looked great at the start that looks fucking terrible Palmieri is hanging on by the skin of his fucking teeth so he has 15 goals somehow he's gonna be a 20 goal scorer this season and that's what we're going to remember. We're not going to remember anything else about it. Yeah, he scored 20 goals. We, you know, he's a middle six guy. Great. You know, we want to keep him around. Like, it's crazy. And then you get, you know, so you're not going to go the, the Rangers route. You're not going to rebuild in the Lamarillo era, which he could have done at literally any point. Um, I'm glad he didn't let the Tampa Bay Lightning break him. Like, the Vancouver Canucks were broken by the Boston Bruins in 2011 or any one of those teams that had kind of lost in recent Stanley Cup history. You just had, they were just broken and they, everyone tried to be those other teams and Lemerle didn't buy into that. I'm, I'm happy he didn't just blow things up after back-to-back conference final losses. However, you had to do more than this and you're seeing the consequences of that now. Again, it, and maybe I don't expect them to do what the Rangers did, but maybe more. So now we're at this point and I don't really know what's worth it and what's not. 
You see, we've seen them stay in pat. We've seen them do something crazy and get Bo Horvat. It hasn't really moved the needle. Like they keep adding, seemingly, right? Even just getting players back, Pulak and Pelik, and um, you know, so on and so forth. It, but it's, I don't really know where they go from here. Some of the Angval and Lee are terrible right now. Nelson has slowed down considerably. Um, there, there's just not really. The players there just aren't doing it. So I'm not I'm not really sure where to go, frankly. It's odd. Well, what what I think they need to do is you know, they need to add not just you know, if, if they if they do happen to make a trade by the deadline. It would have to be a strategic trade in the sense that this is a guy for now, but also for later. And, you know, he would be around for, you know, the the tenure of Horvat and Barzell. Like, there's only one way to upgrade this team right now. Sans a, a depth defenseman and, and maybe a, a, you know, a bottom six forward who... um isn't afraid to throw the body, but is also a really good checking defensive forward. They need a top six scorer. We've been talking about this for years. I'm over it. Get yourselves. It doesn't matter what side. A left winger. Your your options on wing are doubled as opposed to another team with this need because Barzell can do both. You have Horvat in the middle. You have... Barzell on either side, and now you can go out and get anybody on the wing because Barzell can do both. He's fine doing the right wing. He said he's more comfortable doing the left wing, but it, if need be, which is where he's been because they've been playing him with Lee, he'll play on the left or he'll play on the right. Your options are doubled. You could have got Kuzmenko. They didn't do it. Now, granted, he didn't look great. Okay. Where do you pivot? I mean, you know, you look at some of the bottom teams in the league, like, I don't know, Ottawa, right? Do they have something that they could sell? Or you look at (laughs) the Kraken. Who's somebody on that team who we know had good chemistry with Barzell? Uh, well, at- he hasn't been great. And we talked about Everly. It was in a staple article. Yeah. I So I don't think, not to kind of derail your, your train of thought here, but I think it's a question of, is it worth it? Right. I don't think there's a question of like, are there options out there and how you make it work with the cap and this and that. But is it worth it from a, an asset standpoint? Again, Ishkakov being... And maybe do four. Um, McLean had a good showing with the Islanders. I don't know that that's enough to say he's kind of ready to go. Um, certainly in a bottom six role, like if a Pajot isn't back this summer. Half the problem is that the team is mostly made up of no trade or modified no trade clauses. Like anyone that you would want to move with significant dollars to open up space to bring somebody in is has a no trade. So it's really difficult. And that includes half the D and half the offense. 
So I think the question is like, are you willing again to give up assets to even be better long term? And that was the idea with Engvall, right? Horvat is an example of how it works. Engvall is an example of how that is not working. Yeah. So do you roll the dice again? And can you get a top three forward, right? You're not talking about top six. And Engvall was probably not it, despite having a great showing last season and just playing in really the beginning part of this year. You're like, oh, I now I remember why this this line was together. And then he has been an absolute ghost. Yeah. Palmieri is playing better. Like, especially under Wah, his numbers have been underlying numbers have been much, much better. But even still, that line is not producing regularly enough to to be like they're they should they should be a third line. It's going to come down to the Islanders needing to, you know, trade away a guy like Wallstrom in a package with, you know, is that worth anything? Was he worth? He's worth the most out of anyone that they have that's tradable. You're not trading. I mean, look, maybe you trade Zizekas. Maybe another team is willing to take on that contract. I doubt it. But if somebody is, maybe you trade Zizekas because. Then, then you could argue that his value on the trade market is more than Wallstrom's. But I, I doubt anybody's taking that contract. Yeah, Maybe no one's so. taking the contract, and he's he's not the problem. You need to just no, play him less. He's not. Maybe somebody takes a flyer on young Simone Holmstrom. Maybe that. Oh my God, the, that I did not expect you to say that. Absolutely not. No, I I doubt it. That's my. But you said like he's not worth anything. That's my point. Well, like, Holmstrom, it, like at least he was. I don't know about anymore. He's been cold lately too. Yeah, but again, this is my point, right? Of anybody who that they can trade, Wallstrom has the highest ceiling. He's still just 22, so, you know, we've seen players in this league turn it around later in their career. Look at Tage Thompson, and I'm not saying that all well, he's been cold. Tage, Tage Thompson, but yeah, but, you know, again, it's, it's a year, the year after he broke out, you know, other p- people learned how to play him you know give him some time to and the look the sabers aren't playing immaculate either you know they're they're well, they're also not, horseshit yeah they're, they're not great so look he's young he was a high draft pick before all teams take flyers on guys who you know maybe just need a change in scenery it doesn't always work out but you know him along with your first round draft pick and and uh, another prospect look i'm sure you could squeeze something out of somebody around the league Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, look at the guy, look at Bellows. The guy I think about. Yeah. He's playing well with the Marlies. He might yeah. be their leading scorer. He is. Um, the guy I look at is in Anaheim right now. Uh, Frank Vitrano. He's 28. He's on a really, really high goal scoring pace earlier this year. You know, cooled off, but again, he's on a Ducks team that was. That, that is mediocre. Um, and by mediocre, I mean they're bad. So um, he knows how to fill the net. And, you know, he could round out that line pretty well. It's not going to break the bank. And it might be affordable. Um, what does he even what does he make? I, don't, make? I think for for me, I don't want to I don't want to go for a player. Or rather, I would rather Lamarillo not go for a player that is anything short of a sure thing. Like Horvat was a sure thing. Yeah. I, I think I going that. for going for Vitrano is like, yeah, it could work. It's a lot like an Engvall. 
it could work in the Islanders system and maybe it's well, this and then it did and then now it's not and it could again but you know Petrano's I think you're a three-time 20 goal scorer I think there, there's something there he's not a top three forward he's not a again we're not talking about top six I'm like a top line forward that is seamless in with Horvat and, and Barzell not that it won't be okay a, you know, a period of time that it'll take getting used to, you know, the three of them together, but someone that's almost money in the bank. So then do you know who the Islanders have to turn to? Ghostbusters. After the Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, they need to turn to Pittsburgh. And they need to say, are you trading Jake Gensel? Because if you are, we're prepared to buy him. <laughs> In the in the uh, the middle of the playoff race, I have a hard time believing Dubas is that stupid. That is between Lamorello and Dubas, and yes, that relationship is what it is. Uh, but if they're selling, Lamorello needs to be buying because you know you look at these these trade lists of who who's potentially available, and you know, uh, look. The list doesn't have any names that are going to jump off the page and and say, yeah, you need that guy. Like the other the other guy who I think of is also in Pittsburgh, Riley Smith. All that guy did with Vegas is score. It's not really working great in Pittsburgh, but, you know, maybe that's more reason for them to be able to buy low on him potentially. But I think the the Penguins would just jack up that price. In, in division, in the middle of a race against each other, it's not like Pittsburgh's out of it. Yeah. So, and my last nominee that is potentially available that we know about, not potentially is available, I don't see him staying in San Jose, Anthony DeClaire. How long have I been banging on that drum? Has he stayed good, though? I think, he you had, know, we've had, we've a, had that discussion. It's definitely been, like, since Ottawa. He was injured all last year all last year however when he came back he started filling the net again and that was for florida you know so he played with a really good team and and had some really good results and like obviously the islanders aren't as good as the panthers but if you stick anthony declare on a line with you know barzone and horvat you you might see a guy start to you know find himself again so um you know, again, he had a, a, a season-long injury last year. It, it, it took the whole year away from him. I think he played, I want to say, under under 10 regular season games last year. Okay, no, he played 20, and he had 10 points in 20 games. Not bad. Um, this year, he's got, you know, nine goals, 17 assists in 46 games, but he's on the Sharks. The Sharks might as well be an AHL team. Yeah. Sometimes you think is like, should they get relegated? Like some of these, like you know, the some of these teams have just been like perpetually bad. Sharks, not that, but yeah. Um, some teams have just been really bad for a really seemingly forever. Yeah. Um, some of them don't have NHL arenas and might not ever. Uh, at least not this franchise. Uh, talk to New Arizona. Um. Yeah, I. I'm interested to see what happens. I don't really know. I think I can see some of what you're what you're talking about. I just 
I'm a wait and see. I, I, at this point, it's so murky to me. Like, it just doesn't make sense. I don't see a way through how they make the playoffs. Do they buy or sell? Like, I really don't have answers for that. You know, obviously, I can't tell the future, but like, I don't even have an opinion on it. It's so messy that I don't. Yeah. And it's hard. You know, obviously, we're trying to do this and have a conversation about it, but it, it's, it's really just difficult to see what what the possibilities even are. You can talk about kind of anything. Anything can happen. They can go on yeah. a 10 game rip. You know, that you know, that's not crazy. You know, and teams around them can lose and they're wind up in third in the division again. Um, and they hold on. And yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, but I, I'm not exactly sure. I think it, it's tough, I think, and then I think I wanna I'd I'd like to kind of wrap things up a little bit. I think what's difficult is Lamorello just doesn't see for all of him saying this in so many words, he doesn't see the forest through the trees. He really like for as long term, I think as he says, he's thinking you don't really see that with the actions. Again, you, you have a new coach. All right. This isn't your year, dude. Like, how do you not even last year? Barzell gets hurt. I, I, all right. You did, you did buy and you did add, but even in the offseason, like you, you didn't, you didn't, this is the team you went in with. You didn't know that. Like you didn't have an inkling. You didn't see what some of the problems were. You had to wait a whole nother half a season to then get rid of the coach to then learn that wasn't totally the problem. Well, like how, how do you not just kind of own that? And that goes again. This isn't, I know we're, I know we're talking in terms of Lambert and not to just go back a long time but you can go back to our episodes during Barry Trotz last season. I was not a fan of what was going on then. I didn't believe for a second um that it was always oh, this road trip and then this th- their professionals figured out. Your professionals figured out. I don't want I don't want to fucking hear all these excuses. Do your fucking job. Yeah, I get that. And that so this is now going this is now the third coach in three and a half years. And essentially a lot of the same issues. This is not just even a Lambert year and a half issue. This is going on year three of trying to figure this shit out. How La- how Lamorello at some point just I don't, is it? I don't know if it's too much pride. I don't. But what's the long term? Three years ago to now to me is is it long term? It's medium maybe, but like. You didn't point everyone in the right direction. So now we're just aimless. We're in the same, literally the same position we were in a year ago. Going, eh, maybe it'll work out. They'll at least make the playoffs. I said I that. Think, it, didn't I make that joke in the offseason? We don't even need to do this podcast until the end of next season. We can just see you later. We'll see you next year. We know exactly well, what's going to happen. The thing I think here is that you, <laughs> I understand your frustration. Objectively speaking, I think that there needs to be look, they changed the coach. Not everyone is going to go on an Edmonton like run after that. Because to be honest, the reason why Edmonton did it is because they got healthy. Firing Jay Woodcroft, in my opinion, was premature. Look at half of the other coaching changes. Not working for Ottawa. It is super not working for LA. It is not working for the wild. It is not working for most of the teams that changed their coach. 
I think that the the look to all of his discredit on how he constructed the roster, he made the right move in changing the coach for a guy who is going to light the fire under their asses. You've already seen it again. Like we to reach back to the beginning of the show. The Islanders are a better team, even in their losses. Structurally on the ice. Now he has to figure out how to add to the roster. He made the right move behind the bench, made the right move in hiring the guy who calls the shots. It's beyond our pay grade to figure out who to add. Yeah, and we've said you that know? before. It's his job. He has to do it. And if he doesn't do it, then yes, pitchforks and, and torches, and I get it. There's a month less, three weeks till the trade deadline. We'll see what he does. If he doesn't add, he has until August 1st. If he doesn't make a significant acquisition by August 1st, you know, and again, let's see, let's see if they make the playoffs and, and how that goes and everything. But if he doesn't make a significant roster addition by August 1st in terms of a top six forward, sorry, buddy. Time's up. I think that's a good conclusion to the to that part of the show. Um, I so I mentioned you the other day. Um, well, first before we get to to that, did you see the stadium series helmets that the honors have? Yes. Um, I think we were all crossing our fingers that the the get ups were going to make the jerseys better, and I did see some of them in person. Um, on uh, on the train last week, I was I passed Elmont. I I almost got off, but I was headed to to Manhattan. Um, so we were hoping that you know things were going to look better, but I'm not so sure. Well, this is what the stadium series is. Every stadium series for like the past I want to say three now. I think this will be the fourth. Has had these giant logos on the helmet. the The point of the big numbers and the the logos on the helmets and stuff like that is to just make it all pop on the ice from a distance because you're sitting in a stadium. You're not sitting in an arena, hundreds of thousands of seats instead of just a couple of, you know, 20, 20,000 at most. I think that's the reason I don't super love it, but yeah, I do love the dark blue that the early two thousands yeah. uh, come through. And I think that was like the reverse retros from a few years ago. Um, it looked yeah. like the early 2000s, you know, I, so I'm into that. Just I'm sure it'll look, you know, I think a hockey helmet's considerably smaller than a football helmet. And maybe that's a similar size logo to what's on a football helmet. So you can actually see it um, either on TV or at the stadium. So I definitely understand it. It just looks goofy. I love the gloves. I, I have a picture of uh, Sezikis up right now and it, the gloves are sick. Um I love it. I, I mean, I, I think I just like Bauer gloves kind of in general. But the coloring and the accents, it's its very simple. Uh, again, just a lot of dark blue, but it just it does look really good. I think they they may have reused the helmets that they had from the uh, from the reverse retros and, and some of that gear because it's very, very similar. Yeah, um, I, I kind of I'd love to see both of them um, side by side. And even the reverse fisherman, the retros that that blue is very similar. So I wonder if they were just kind of using them 
that blue that dark blue over and over i'm sure it's not everyone's like old equipment but it may have been really similar um yeah so i just want to get i want to say that really quickly because a, a photo popped up for me and uh but i thought it was interesting um i did in in our last few minutes here um i mentioned to you that we're gonna have a new game to end our show um yes. maybe not every time um but every once in a while because uh, i think eventually we'll run out uh frankly uh i'm a little jealous of the anxiety team you know dan and mike have their weird islanders they get to talk about all these old players and i was like i got i want every once in a while i'd love to kind of just talk about an old player um they do something very specific where it was somebody that didn't spend a lot of time with the islanders um we're going to go in a little bit of different direction uh we won't have uh our homework done uh quite the same way but um so it, some of these might be shorter than others if we if we don't know um i i'm just gonna pull up a random uh, a, a random number generator and it's gonna pull up a number between one and 98 because obviously no one said 99 um for for the islanders um and we're just gonna talk about maybe a player or two who had that number um again some may be shorter than others we may struggle um i gotta learn how to keep track of these kinds of things um I'll have to ask Dan about that. But um, are you ready for our first our first go with this? Go for it. Let's go. All right. 1 to 98. 42. No one screams at the top of my head uh, with, with that number. 40. Seven seven players have had that number. This is not a great one. Um, well, Scott Mayfield uh, for a long time had 42, and I think he switched. Um, at some point, according to hockey reference, I have that. I have that up right now. Cole Bardro also had 42. Uh, his talk about a weird Islander. That's a that's a free episode for I'm sure it's on their list for Islanders anxiety. Um, and Thomas Hickey for a uh, for a hot minute. Had had 42. Um, and OK, here's a here's a good one. Dylan Reese. You know, I was I was thinking for some reason matt donovan but dylan reese matt donovan would have been that god <laughs> that is an episode and a half that whole saga not to like just totally <laughs> ignore uh dylan reese here but what a saga to end we'll have to try hopefully we can get to 42 right that was his number am i making that up no 46 46 46 yeah well hopefully we can get to that that's uh the Google random number generator will have to do us a favor uh, in in the near future. But yeah, Dylan Reese, what do you what do you remember about him? He he played seventy four of his seventy eight NHL games, um, with the Islanders. Scored every single point in his career. Doesn't surprise me. It's a lot of games with the Islanders. With with the Islanders, he was with the team at such a weird point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nine. I mean, this is the first year of Tavares. This team is just talk about aimless. This is like in the wilderness. Yeah. This is just, a, you know, a classic. He's a guy who I remember at the time when, when he was playing with the team, I was like, uh, you know, maybe he's a late bloomer. Uh, seventh round pick. Good for him for sticking around. Um, yeah, no, just super, super wasn't anything really i mean look good for him made a a career if you will five years in the nhl 
Barely. Um, 78 games. Well, I think that's the thing. Someone said this the other day. It was like some some guy, was that on St. Louis? Just absolutely turned and burned and had a sick goal. He's like, yeah, these are the, you never heard of this guy, but he's like one of the best players in the world. He's not Connor McDavid, but like everybody in the NHL is good. Like you yeah. can sit there and be like, Matt Martin's a bum or whatever. Um, and he's certainly not as good as he used to be or as good as Matthew Barzell, but the fact that he even just is there every night is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So super, super interesting name to, to pop up for number 42. I don't really have much on, on it. It's going to be a little tough. It's going to be a little tough without being able to do our homework. Some will be easier for sure. Um, like we could have plenty to say on Bardreau. We could have plenty to say on Mayfield, like Thomas Hickey being number 42 is funny because that was in 2022. Why did he have 42, though? He wore for like a hot minute because he wasn't on the roster. I believe he was with the Bridgeport Islanders. He had four numbers with the Islanders, which is wild. Yes. So he wore this in 2021-22. And then I think after? No, that was before. So 2021-22 was the last time he was with the team. He had to have been up and down between Bridgeport and and the Islanders. Who did they bring in that war? I think it was 14. No, maybe it was four. Yeah, four. Was it? No. Was it Dennis Seidenberg? Yeah, maybe it was Seidenberg. And then Hickey went, went to... 34 and then 42. God, that's that's something. Yeah, I also don't remember Mayfield as 42. And that's a long 2018, the last time he wore it is a long time ago now. Yeah, I remember that because I remember that because that was it literally Lamorello came in and he just turned it around. Oh, was that that was it? Was it that easy? That is so silly that he had been yeah. on the team for what felt like forever. I mean, now it seems, I mean, it's been his entire career. He's been in the other system one way or another, but yeah, that's, that's wild. Um, yeah. Cole Bardrow. I remember he, what his first NHL goal was it against Ottawa? It was a penalty shot or a breakaway. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it was. I just don't remember who it was against. Yeah, I can't remember. It was, uh, it was like it, this is pre Pajot. Like he was, we this that black hole of a third line and and things it like that. I think Ottawa. It was yeah, Ottawa. it was against Ottawa. It was like, that was a crazy. I don't remember him being number forty two. Maybe he yeah, had. Well, more he was he was thirty four. That then he was forty two and then fifty four. Some Fairport. That's not very. It's uh, outside. Oh, it's outside Rochester. That's interesting. I didn't, maybe I maybe I knew that. Um, played for Cornell. He was one of those players. I, I wanted him to work out with the honors in case Sizikas wasn't around. Yeah, we called him Sizikas Light. You know, I think that was the idea. Yeah, it was pretty pretty close. Yeah, some of these, but between uh, before Dylan Reese, it was uh, Sean Byram, early nineties. 
Dan Plant, Plante. Um, played 159 games with the Islanders. Who, who freaking knew? Um, and just like the, the dog days of the 90s, uh, 93, 94 to 97, 98. Um, yeah, that could have been anybody on that on that Islanders team during that time. Uh, very few players you actually remember from from that period. Um, Andre Vasiliev? Yeah, it's too close to Vasilevsky for me. Yeah, I'm looking at that like, yikes. Um, yeah, mid-90s. Oh, 12 games. God, that's a perfect weird Islander. Uh, no, sorry, 15 games. That's a perfect weird Islander. I don't know anything about that guy. Um, he played for the Utah Grizzlies. Long Beach Ice Dogs. That's that's incredible. And the Las Vegas Thunder. Um, that's that's kind of crazy. I once saw a Ziggy Palfy Utah Grizzlies jersey on eBay. It was like $700. And of all like, oh, I want a Fisherman Palfy and this and that. That would have been the ultimate, the ultimate jersey as an Islander fan. There are like few things that I think would have be, would be better than that. I'm shocked that you don't have it. I was not spending seven hundred dollars. It I every once in a while I feel like I see it on eBay. I don't know if people are just constantly selling it or it's never been sold. Um, but wow, this whoever that was. Was around until he was playing in leagues until 0405. I guess that's a really long time. It's 20 years ago now. Never mind. That is not uh, as close. That really just hurt my feelings. I'm um, having to think about all that. All right. So you can let us know if, the, if that the end of this show. Hey, this one is that was a hard number. Uh, I think it started <laughs> off strong. Yeah, it's like the early 90s. Like I just there's some of those guys that were around for like maybe even 100 games over the course of four years. Like I have no idea who they are. Um, even though I was. You know, I was a kid then, so I don't really remember. If it wasn't Brian McCabe and Eric Fischel, I don't remember, or Ziggy Palfi or something. Um, let us know what you think. Um, hopefully that segment will be better. We'll we'll make it more fun. Um, I'll mark down 42 um, and some of the players just in case there's too much overlap there. Um, <laughs> and some, I'm sure, if it was like 39 or something, we'd just go off on Di Pietro for 40 minutes. Um, so I'm, I'm <laughs> so we'll we'll save those or again it's we're just out, keep it at random try to keep it fun. Um, we we got to do something different to make this make this interesting. Sometimes uh, when when the honors like not they're not doing anything different. Um, all right, are you ready to wrap this up here? Valentine's Day, go for it. Please rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen or watch the show. Uh, you can follow us on. In- on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, YouTube, at Nussman Hockey. You can find James' work at New Jersey Hockey Now in the fourth period. You can tell I haven't done this in a while, but James, bring us home. Until next time, enjoy the stadium series. It'll be fun. <laughs>